0: Streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. rated PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by t shirtcom the go to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and you're listening to this podcast, which is a part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. So first off, thank you for being here. If you haven't already, subscribe to Inside Carolina. Go ahead and do that right now wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube so you never miss any of the content our team at IC puts out. It hardly takes any time and it helps us out a lot. Also, speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us. So that's why on this podcast, I have to remind everybody about Jimmy's Famous Seafood. The reason they wanted to sponsor this podcast is simple. They're owned by UNC fans. With the pandemic and indoor dining restricted, it's a tough time right now to be a locally owned business. So it's helping out one of our own. And at the same time, you get ridiculously good seafood at a great price. It's a true win-win for everybody involved. And for everybody wondering, my go-to order is the Famous Gift Box where you get two massive crab cakes, two different kinds of crab soup, and then a half pint of crab dip. Visit them online at jimmysfamousseafood.com. And at checkout, use the code hashtag G-D-T-B-A-T-H for free two-day shipping. That's promo code hashtag G-D-T-B-A-T-H Alright, let's get to it As always, I'm joined by my guy and Carolina basketball legend, Justin Jackson Justin, Carolina No words for it, they're coming off Their worst loss of the season Scoring a season-low 50 points They lost by a season-high 13 points, tied the Iowa Margin of uh, defeat But what were your general takeaways After watching this game for Carolina?
0: Um, I think the I think the biggest problem was just we couldn't score. (laughs) I mean, 50 points in a whole game, that's, um, you know, that's tough. You know, I think a lot of it is, you know, people are starting to play our secondary break and stuff like that. So it's, you know, finding other ways to score. But yesterday they just couldn't find, you know, find that thing that was working. So I think that was really the thing that stood out to me. So hopefully they can find different ways to get different people involved and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, this was kind of going back to the point that I was making last week where this team isn't, you know, as good as some of the Butler, I'm not Butler, um, Gonzaga or Baylors of the college basketball world, but they're, they're not as bad as some people were kind of making them out to be in the early part of the season. And they're somewhere in between that middle ground. But I thought the biggest problem for Carolina last week is we've talked the past three weeks or however long it's been about how good Armando Baycott has been for Carolina, how he was their most consistent player. And Armando, he goes 0 for 1 from the field, one shot attempt in 19 minutes. How does something like that happen? And what did Clemson do so effectively to take Baycott completely out of this game?
0: Yeah, well, I think there was a few things. I mean, like I said, teams in the ACC, once it starts up, they start to kind of, you know, in practice and stuff, they get ready for kind of the, the plays that Carolina runs. And there was a plan in particular that stood out was we were running secondary break and they threw it back to the big man at the top of the key. And the bit the, the, the big that was guarding um, the trail big was literally at the chart circle, you know, so that, that shuts down all options of trying to throw it inside or trying to get Armando or G or even De'Ron like that that cancels out all of those actions um so I think you know part of it is the fact that Clemson had a good scout coming into the game Um, another is just the fact that you know we have to have other ways to score outside of maybe an Armando or outside of a you know a garrison or whoever it is De'Ron who might be very dominant inside, we have to have other ways to score. And I think we talked about this before, to try to open it up for them inside. Because if you just allow the bigs or whoever just to collapse in on the, you know, on Armando or G or whoever, you know, that can kind of, you know, that takes them out of the offense completely. So they've just got to find different ways to get other people involved, I feel like.
1: Clemson defensively as a whole, they did a great job. They limited Carolina starting five to – 30 points. It's the first time no starter scored in double figures for UNC since the Rutgers game back in 2010. Royce said they had a great week of practice leading up to the game, but how much do you think Carolina was hurt by not playing this weekend? Because it is something that is hard to replicate those, those live game reps.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, um, obviously nothing gets you ready for a game than playing the game. So that is tough. Um, but I think it's, it's more than just, um, you know, it's more than just getting game reps up, you know, at the end of the day, it's Carolina is who Carolina is, you know? So like the plays that coach runs are some of the same plays that we ran when we were there. Um, And so it's not, it's not like one of those teams that it might change from game to game, you know, like coach might throw in a play every once in a while, but like the plays that you know, are the plays that you're going to run each and every game. So like there should be no change, and okay, you know what? We're trying to get Armando involved. If Armando is, you know, maybe they're trying to shut him off, then we've got whoever else we can go to, you know. So it's like that's what they've got to find is those different levels of of guys that they can get involved and get you know into different actions and stuff because you can't just rely on a few people because once you get into like I said, once you get into the ACC, it's way different than playing in the non conference when guys who don't teams who don't see you on a regular basis are trying to figure out what your offense is. Like these teams know your offense. And so it's a matter of within that offense, finding different guys that you can go to, to get scoring.
1: Carolina had a season low 72 possessions against Clemson and, they had 17 turnovers, so they turned it over on nearly one out of every four possessions. You're not going to win too many games doing that. When a team is going to slow the pace and try to grind out a win like Clemson is going to do, how much more of an importance does that put on not turning the ball over and being smart with the ball when Carolina gifts Clemson 13 points off turnovers right off the bat?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's – it's. Uh every possession matters even more, you know, and I think too, even with that, like Clemson wanted to slow it down, but that means as North Carolina, like each and every time you have an advantage, you have to try to take advantage of it. Um, And so even if it's, you know, maybe you've got seven fast breaks in the whole, whole game, you've got to try to take advantage of that because that's at the end of the day, we've talked about, that's what Carolina is, you know, like transition, offensive rebounding. Like that's what, like, everything is built on at Carolina. So it's like, it's a matter of, you got to get stops. You got to take care of the ball and then try to push. Because if somebody, if a team is trying to take, you know, trying to be slow and trying to be methodical, like I I always think back to like a Virginia, right? Like Virginia is always going to try to just play in the half court, use up the whole shot clock. Like, so when you have the opportunity to push back against them, they don't want to necessarily play fast. So that's whenever you can take advantage of those times. Um, so you know, I don't know. I mean, I think last night was maybe just it was a tough game from a lot of different standpoints. Like you said, you definitely can't turn the ball over that much, and I know coaches probably going crazy over the turnovers. Um, but it's just a matter of taking care of the ball and finding those ways of of getting different people involved. Like they've got to try to find that.
1: Yeah, I was I was laughing because in the press conference, one of the reporters was like, "Roy didn't seem that mad tonight." Like. What did you guys see from him? And I think it was either Garrison or Dayron started kind of laughing because Roy probably got into them after that game with with how careless they were with the ball at times and you don't want to take anything away from Clemson because this was a team who just a couple short weeks ago they were a top 15 team but does it hurt more to lose when you did commit so many unforced errors and you lose the turnover battle so drastically 17-7? to 7?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it's tough to look at. Um, you know, you have some games where it's just like, man, things just aren't going right for us, you know. Um, but as I watched them um, – you know, it was almost like there was uh, – there just was never a time when it was like, okay, we're making a push. You know what I mean? Like there was never really a time when it was like North Carolina's in control, you know? So it's it was like those 17 turnovers, it wasn't as if it was like in a, in a span of a little time and then they kind of regrouped and got it going again. Like it was kind of throughout the game. And so whenever – there's really never a time when you take advantage of the game and you take control of it and you're always trying to come from behind, like there's going to be bad mistakes, you know, there's going to be bad turnovers because you're trying to press and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, playing from behind is tough, especially when you're having a night where you can't really score. Um, Cause then you just put so much more pressure on yourself. So, you know, hopefully they can, you know, kind of regroup and, you know, at the end of the day, it is one game out of, you know, a long ACC schedule. So hopefully they can kind of regroup and figure it out.
1: Yeah. Carolina went up to nothing. That was their only lead of the game. They led for 16 seconds. I think I saw, and then Clemson just had them on the ropes kind of like you were mentioning for, for the rest of the game. And after games like that, when you do beat yourself, is it difficult getting through the film sessions at Carolina? What's, what's the f- watching film like with the coaches the next day or in, in the days to come?
0: Um, it can be interesting. It just kind of depends on, uh, you know, how badly you played. you know, like if you have 17 turnovers in a game, that film session is probably going to be pretty long. Um, you know, if you don't play the way that, you know, you're very capable of playing, I think that it's going to be pretty long and there's going to be, um, definitely a lot of, we'll say teaching going on in the film session. So, uh, I'm sure today, if not today, tomorrow, especially coming up, you know, into this big game on Saturday, uh, you know, I think it's definitely – they're definitely going to have a good amount of film.
1: Football, I remember if if I knew I missed the block or something bad was coming up on film, I'd be like, "Hey, can I go to the bathroom real quick, try to, try to get out of the room? Does that ever happen in basketball when you know a bad play is coming? Like, hey, is it possible I could leave the room for a quick second?
0: <laughs> you know what? I'm sure guys have tried that. But I think a lot of times whenever you're in film with Coach – And some of the coaches, like, you're just so, I wouldn't say nervous, but it's like, you're so uptight about what you're going to see because you know it's so bad that it's like you don't even want to try to get out of it. Because if you get out of it, you know you're going to see it at some point. Um, So you might as well just sit there and endure whatever they're about to say about it.
1: This was a team that had been taking small, positive steps forward. And Tuesday night, it seemed to be a a pretty big step back. How did you regain your confidence after difficult losses? And just basically wipe that out of your memory, because like you mentioned, the season is so long.
0: Um, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, every day. Okay, you know what, we lost this. Let's try to figure out what we did wrong or whatever. Unless keep on trying to get better, you know what I mean. So it's it's not necessarily, you know, you know if it was the turnovers or if it was you know guys just weren't able to score the ball or we didn't shoot well or whatever. It's like okay, you know what, we're not going to necessarily change our routine. And I think for me personally, that was one of the things that's like I stuck to was I always had the same routine whether we lost to a bad whether we lost to a team, be a team by twenty whatever it was. Like I had the same routine that way. There was some sort of like normalcy to my work you know so it was like it wasn't if we lost it wasn't like I went in and shot a thousand jump shots or you know I did you know I I lifted for two hours you know it was the same it was the same exact routine that way each and every game like we talked about before was kind of the same whether you win or you or you lose you go right back in and you try to figure out what you can do better and you keep on chipping away at that so you know, obviously, like you said, that was a tough loss. Um, it is a long season, and so it's just a matter of them finding what it is that they need to do better as a team, um, and continuing to just try to get better. You know, and, and if they do that, I think they'll be able to get right back and, and start building that momentum again, hopefully for you know the rest of the season.
1: Outside of the turnovers, Carolina shot 11 of 21 from the free throw line uh dayron sharp in particular really struggled from the line he was four of ten and that includes him making his last three so at one point he was one of seven what does carolina do for somebody who is struggling from the free throw line because you guys obviously aren't going up there trying to miss and you are working on these things in practice so how did how does the coaching staff and how does the team kind of handle free throw shooting
0: uh honestly free throw shooting you know it's... You know, shooting is a tough thing because in practice, there's a way different feel than once you step up to the line in a game. Like, there, like there's, you can't really replicate those different feelings that you have. But with something like that, it's just a matter of just reps, you know. So, as, so once you get that muscle memory, even though it is a different feel when you step up to the line in a game, like you've already shot so many times that it's like, you can just step up there and shoot as normal as you have. Um, and you still might miss, you know, like they're on, obviously he struggles at the free throw line, but, you know, even with that, it's like the more and more reps that he gets, just the more comfortable he gets at the free throw line, you know? So as long as he gets more comfortable at the free throw line, like I said, he still might miss free throws, but he just has to have a comfortability where he can step up there and not be second guessing like, dang, like I got to make this or I just missed three in a row. You know, it's like, no, I'm going to step up here and I'm going to shoot free throws because I've worked on this a lot. And so I think that's just, it's just a matter of just getting the reps up. If they can do that, if he can do that, whoever it is that's struggling at the free throw line, just keep on getting reps. And I think they'll be all right.
1: Building off that point with somebody like Sharp, who is shooting just above 50% from the free throw line. Is it a case with guys like that, that they start pressing when they miss one and then it kind of just snowballs away from you?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you can see it. just in how he like, in how he reacts, you know, whenever he misses a free throw, like if he misses a free throw, it's like, you know, it's like the end of the world almost, you know, when really it's like, yeah, free throws are very important, but it's like, no, like stay on the line and let's make the second one, you know, like let's not compound that first miss with another miss, you know, and then another miss. Um, So it's like, it's just a matter of, like I said, with that confidence, like when you miss a free throw, you're not going to necessarily freak out over missing it because you know okay this next one I'm gonna put it in you know like or I've shot these so many times like I know what I need to fix on this next shot and I'm gonna do that and so I think it's just a matter like like I said it's just him getting up there and feeling good at the line and not feeling like oh I gotta make a free throw or else you know I'm one for eight you know it's like no like let's just step up let's shoot the free throw like we know how we can shoot it if you miss it you miss it if you make it you make it you know so he just got to try to find whatever it is in him mentally, like just to sit up there and be okay with how he shoots free throws, you know?
1: Next up on the schedule, UNC heads to Durham on Saturday to take on Duke. It's the first time both teams won't be ranked since 1960 when Dwight D. Eisenhower was the president and Roy Williams was just nine years old for some context. Does that fact that both of these teams aren't ranked coming off bad losses in a year where there's no fans kind of take some of the luster away from this game for you? Not at all. Not at all.
0: Um, I mean, I think it'll take maybe for them being there um, and not seeing those fans in the arena, when you go in, it will probably take a little bit from it. But I mean, the hard thing is like you turn on the TV leading up to this game and that's all people talk about. Right. And it might be a little different because they're both not necessarily ranked or they're not, you know, highly touted teams right now. But just because it's Duke in North Carolina, it's going to be everywhere, you know, so you're going to see that you're going to get hype over that. And then once game day starts, just by going into Duke and playing in that arena has a different feel. And so for me, being on the outside, I'll definitely, you know, I've played with a few Duke guys, so I'm definitely going to up the ante a little bit this year. Um, but I don't think it changes it at all. I think it's still the best rivalry in sports, so you can't take that away from it.
1: That was going to be one of my questions I was going to ask you, where in the NBA, Sacramento, you played with uh, Mark, uh, Marcus Bagley. You played with Harry Giles in Dallas. You played with Seth Curry. Take us into the locker room. Are, are you guys betting on the games? How much trash talk is involved? What, what can you disclose with us?
0: Well, okay, so we're not supposed to bet. So betting is not uh, – It's not a deal. Um, But, I mean, there's definitely a lot of trash talking. You know, there's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, I'll just say trash talking. Um, You know, and it definitely, you go back to, um, you start talking about games that you had against Duke and, you know, them against North Carolina and stuff. Um, So the rivalry is definitely still alive. Um, And I still have those guys' numbers. Um, And so we'll we'll definitely get it popping a little bit. You've
1: lived the rivalry in your career against Duke. You were only two and five, but you do have the national championship to kind of hold over people's head. What is your favorite Duke UNC memory?
0: Favorite Duke UNC memory, probably the game that we won to, um, was it to win the ACC regular season? or to tie for the regular season, ACC. Um, Marcus hit, I think, two free throws to seal the game at Duke. That was my sophomore year, I think. Yeah, Um, that sounds right. And so that was probably the the best one. Um, But, I mean, like you said, I didn't have a ton of success against Duke. We we kind of struggled while I was at school against them. They had some really good teams. Um, But that was probably the number one – memory from from that rivalry.
1: Yeah, you from your time at Carolina, like I mentioned you were 2 and 5. I think when I was at Carolina it was it was even worse. I think those two wins were the only two wins I saw. <laughs> to make it even worse, I remember being on my official visit was a Duke UNC game and it was the Austin Rivers game. So, so right off the bat like That's I, didn't have, I didn't have the best start when it comes to the Duke UNC rivalry, but over the past couple of years, I feel like the uh, it's, it's been kind of changing, maybe maybe since that Zion shoe game where the shoe exploded and Carolina yeah. was able to uh, take some momentum back. But it's obviously going to be different this week with no fans. But in a normal year, how would you put into words what it's like playing in Cameron Indoor in this rivalry?
0: Um, there's, there's literally nothing like it. Um, you know, a lot of people say it's the best rivalry in sports. It's the craziest game. But, like, once you're in it, like, it's it's a totally different feel. You know, like, we talked about previously, like, trying to look at each and every game as, like, just another game. But that one, it's impossible. You know, it's like, like I said before, like, you turn on ESPN or you're just watching something else, and a commercial is going to pop up talking about that game. You know, like, you can't get away from it. And then, like, leading up to it, obviously the coaches have a little bit more energy to them. Um, and then you get to the game time, and it's like you run into that. I mean, it's the size of a high school gym. You know, like it's it's not a big arena at all. Um, so you run in there, and it's like the feel of being in there. Like Duke has so much history, you know. And then obviously, the Dean Dome has so much history, and so it's like just all of that combined. You know, it creates like your adrenaline is is going more than probably any game that you'll ever really have. So. You know, it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime feeling, um, and so I hope these guys take that serious and they go in there and try to beat them for sure.
1: Both teams are right on the bubble. I think Carolina's 6-4 and four in conference play. Duke is, I think, 5-4 and four in conference play. Both are on the bubble for the NCAA tournament, either on the bubble or on the outside looking in. How big of a win would this be for either team for their tournament aspirations their postseason hopes where a win here could get your season back on the right track and the loser on selection sunday could be on the outside looking in yeah i mean it's
0: um you know the fact that they've played so you said they're six and five so they have played 11 acc games already um you yeah. know now it's getting to the point where it's like okay we gotta really you know we gotta take these games you know very serious um and so I think, you know, even though they're both not ranked like a game of like this magnitude from the standpoint, of like Duke, North Carolina, like it goes on the resume, you know. So whoever wins like they have on there, we beat Duke or we beat North Carolina. Um, and so I think that's, you know, that they've got to take it serious. You know, if they're if their main goal is to make to the tournament and try to make a run, you know, each and every game from now on is very important, you know, starting with this Duke game. Um, and so. You know, hopefully they take that serious and hopefully they kind of get it going.
1: Huge game on Saturday. We'll have that game to talk about. We'll also have um, the Miami game to talk about. I think you're playing the same day as the Duke-UNC game. I think you guys have a home game against the Timberwolves. So is it going to be something where you're checking your phone before the game, trying to find out the scores or what's your plans for kind of this when you have a game the same day as a – a UNC
0: Duke. Game. Well, I'll definitely have uh, I'll definitely have my people giving me updates. You know, we'll definitely be getting the updates. Obviously, my game is the most important one, um, but we got to have updates every once in a while. So I'll definitely have my my people checking into it.
1: All right, Justin, that's all I got for you this week. Good talking to you, and uh, looking forward to catching. I appreciate next. it, man. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTshirt.com where to go
0: for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.